Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to this exciting episode of the podcast. Today, I have an amazing guest. We have a dude on the podcast for once. Today, I have Levi Harrell. He is an unorthodox, cutting-edge, creative, spontaneous, and passionate leader. And uh, in just a short amount of time, actually, his teachings and reach have crossed national, international, multicultural lines. He is an author, a minister, an award-winning speaker, a goodwill ambassador. He won an Atlanta's uh, Male 30 Under 30 Award. He's the founder of Levi Harrell Enterprises. He's the editor-in-chief of a magazine in Atlanta. I think I already said he's an author. He's a CEO. I mean, he is literally amazing. So, so excited to have him talking today. We talked about culture. We talked about um, the difference between legalism and faith. We talked about moving in the spirit, pursuing your dreams, and how to overcome obstacles. You guys, this guy was raised without a dad and now has been really a staple in the community of teaching men how to live with character. And he's got some great advice for us as women too. So super excited. Dive in, listen today. And this is my interview with Mr. Levi Harrell. Well, hey, everyone. Welcome to this episode of the Powerhouse Podcast. I'm here with Levi Harrell. He is a friend of mine, um, colleague, and fellow um, person who's connected to Real Talk Kim, as you guys are all very, very familiar with. Um, So excited to have you here, Levi. You guys just heard in the introduction all about him. He is an entrepreneur. He's a speaker. He's an author. um, He is an inventor, if you could call it, of a magazine. (laughs) So many different things. So uh, Levi, welcome to the podcast. And I'd love for you to just kind of start off by telling us your origin story. Cause I don't even, um, Ooh. I don't even know kind of where you came from, but thanks so much for being here. Yeah, no doubt. Thank you so, so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here and to chat with you all and just do life. But first off, great question. I've never been asked it in that way. What is your origin story? Yeah, love it. Interview coach. (laughs) Right, I'm going to say, and as like you mentioned, I am the editor-in-chief of an Atlanta-based lifestyle, fashion, entertainment, and beauty magazine. And so I I listen for great questions. And so when I have an artist or celebrity or whomever say, great question, I'm like, yes, I did my job. So I know what that just felt like, right? Yeah. So anywho, um, my origin story, it's interesting. Grew up in a single parent home, fatherless, um, from Connecticut. And so if you know anything about Connecticut, it's a great state, but there's nothing really there for people like myself and I'm sure yourself to do in terms of those who have creative minds and artistic minds and musical minds and an entrepreneurship type of mind. And so my mother moved all of us to Atlanta, Georgia in 2000, in the year 2000, yeah. Oh, wow. And of course, we were terrified, but I'm, I was more the son that was like, hey, whatever mom wants to do, I mean, I ain't got a choice anyway, but, mm-hmm. you know, let's go with it, only to get to Atlanta, Georgia, and it was a complete culture shock, you mm-hmm. know, they made fun of me, because I guess I had talked too, too proper, you probably hear a southern twang now, but I used to, I guess, talk really, really proper, um, And it was just the ultimate culture shock. But the main thing I can say that I loved about the transition is there was a spirit of entrepreneurship and and creativity in Atlanta, Georgia. And I'm sure there's other places like LA and other places um, where it's really heavy like that. And because I was at a young age during that move, I was able to grab it. And so there was that time frame though of feeling insecure and where am I at new like it was like another country to me. Yeah. Um, but going through that moment and finding myself having great leaders in my life, I was like, oh, I see what this is. And now I have a lot of people that look to me as their coach, their mentor, their pastor, their whatever, to do what I lacked having. 
Um, and I think that's why I love what I do so much because I get to be the people what I never had, even like I just said, not having a father. I have so many spiritual sons and mentees across the mm. country now, and I never had a father. And they call me all the time and they say, you've been more of a father to me than my own biological father. And I'm over here tripping out like, how can I be what I never had? But Come on. the more... The more I just go with it and flow with it, I'm like, okay. And in that moment, it let me know that all of us as people, we are already wired with what we need. Everything we need, we already have. It's just we need people to give us the articulation to what we sense or give us the blueprint to what we feel or give us that, that like, like we all have this thing in us, which I would call the Holy Spirit, but yep. it's just the thing. And you'd be like, what is that? There's more to life, there's more. Well. Me discovering my more now helps me help people get their more. So yeah. if that answers the question, my origin came from lack. It came from not mm. knowing. It came from pain. It came from uncertainty. It came from feeling rejected. It came from feeling like I had nobody to turn to. It came from being by myself. But I am by the grace of God just decided, let me not take uh, these excusable issues that I have and build from it, but let me turn it mm. and turn a pain point into a prayer point and into a purpose point. Come on. So I look at it like if I'm going through pain or like Pastor Kim says, a real talk Kim says all the time, nobody breaks to an empty house. And so what I then was, I look at it like, okay, if I'm under attack, I must be a bomb.com kind of guy. <laughs> <laughs> I must be a I must be a threat and I don't even know it. So what I did was I took the enemy's attacks and looked at them as compliments to my destiny. Come on, come on, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I love it. Going in right away, love it. Let's so, go, I know, right? I was like, I just said, let me stop, because listen, I can go. I was like, pull back. <laughs> I love it, I love it. No, that's totally how I am too. I think that's why we're uh, hardwired to be mentored in a, a colleague of Real Talk Kim, because when you know mm -hmm. people are your people, we're just all kind of wired that way. And right. it's like, hey, I'm not here for the shallow crap. Like, let's go in, you know, exactly. let's free. I, right, yeah, yeah, I love it. I'm here for all of it. Yeah, love it. Okay, so one thing that you said really stuck out to me, um, because we do have men that listen to this podcast as well, believe it or not, <laughs> even though it's a lot of pageant girls. What but, up, fellas? Yeah, hey, guys. <laughs> so, but what, it, what resonated with me so much is how you turned that lack into something that now not only you've gotten victory over, but you've also turned into a message. And you're a best-selling author of a book specifically wired towards becoming a man of character. Yes. So. I'd love for you to speak on that um, from the perspective of, in general, how did you go through that process? How did you know how to even become a man of character yourself when mm, you didn't yeah. have that model, when you didn't have that example? Walk us through that process because there's so many people that are dealing with anxiety, insecurity, fear, trauma, whatever, and maybe they're looking for that mentor. Maybe they're looking for that next step. How did you do that for yourself? Absolutely. So first off, I never even knew I was going to write a book. It's funny to me because nowadays, and I'm not knocking anybody, but nowadays people kind of come out like, ooh, I want to write a book. And right. for me, it's not that. Like I said, it's like, I'm like, okay, if I'm going to keep going through all this pain, it's got to be for something. I'll never forget, I had this epiphany one day. And I was like, I'm dealing with stuff that I didn't even put myself into. Yep. So I'm like, Lord, what in the world are we doing here? And then Nasty started to minister to me. He said, I'm allowing this trauma, this pain, because you can handle it and you'll figure out what to do with it. So to your question about the book, Young Sir, 12 Principles for Becoming a Man of Character, Commitment, and Courage, what I did was took 
the areas that I didn't know and found out. So what I mean by that, like chapter one is about purpose. The number one question in the world, male or female, is yep. what is my purpose? What is yep. my assignment? And so I started there and I said, okay, what are the areas that are causing me the most pain and grief? Like mm -hmm. I said, I didn't have a father. Okay, so let me write something about how I'm feeling about not having a father, but then take the, that, that scenario and flip it. So I knew what it was like to be a fatherless son. And I took what I imagined a father to be and flipped it. And then I found it to be real. Cause like I just said, I have spiritual sons and mentees that look to me and they're like, wow, you're be being this to me and I never had it. It's all because in my mind's eye, by way of the spirit, by what I sensed, I just flipped the pain and found purpose in it. So I knew if I went left, it was going to be a dead end. I said, okay, well, let me go right this time. If I went up, and, 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 I, and I crashed, let me go down and go around this time. And that's what I did and it developed this book. And so I had to discover my purpose. So I wrote about it. There's a chapter about vision, love, because uh, uh, men don't talk about love. You know, you're taught within culture that if you show too much love or hug, that you're too feminine or whatever. But let's be very, very clear. We men are just as emotional. We probably express it differently, but we are very emotional. And what happens is because we don't have a trusted outlet and because culture and society has taught men that they can express themselves in a certain way or talk a certain way or dress a certain way, we then take those few limitations and create bigger limitations. And so men hold all that in. That's why, if I'm not mistaken, statistically, more men commit suicide than females do. Um, you have major pastors and leaders and celebrities who you would look at them and say, well, they got fancy cars, mansions, and all of that, but yet and still they're committing suicide or beating themselves up. Why? Because culture has taught you got to have a big house. You got to have a big car. You got to do this, got to do that. But no, how about be whole on the inside? You know, um, just another thing real quick. I, I was listening to Oprah one day, define success. And she she was saying success at the end of the day is having peace of mind. And she said so many people would think for her because she has the big house, cars, all that mm. name, influence, that that's success. And it's not because you can have all that stuff mm. and it means absolutely nothing. So for me, my success is writing this book to empower young men across the world. My success mm. is the fact that I even wrote a book and it became an Amazon number one bestseller when I never even knew I had that in me to do. Yep. But I literally, like scripture says, we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the words of my testimony. So I took my pain points, turned them into prayer points, as I said, and then found purpose in it. And so even when I'm coaching people, that's what I train them to do. I said, what is your pain? Let's jot out this pain. What is your issue? And what you might be looking at as an embarrassing moment, I don't care if it's molestation, depression, anxiety, lack, singleness, whatever, um, there's treasure in that. Yeah. If you have a coach or somebody to say, hey, let's look at this again, rewire it. So the book Young Sir came from me navigating my uncertainty mm. and then honestly just trying it out. Because when mm. I wrote it, I didn't know if that was the answer. Mm. I just said, I've never done it, so let's try it. And then many sales later, many testimonies later, I was like, oh, I guess 
that was it. <laughs> yeah. That's you so know. beautiful. And I, I love what you said earlier about like a lot of people will set out to write that book or set out to do that thing. But I think what I have observed through a lot of the leaders that I respect, and I was just thinking about this on the, the drive home from the gym too, about just my process of like interview coaching and what I've come to do over the last four and a half years of coaching. And I was just reflecting and I was like, oh my gosh, like how did I ever have the courage to even start four and a half years ago when I did not know anything? Like, why did anyone pay me? Why did anyone pay attention to me? Like whatever. But what's so funny is I think, you know, on the other side of things, God always shows you where he was along that journey and how he yeah. uh, wrapped you around in his arms and was and protected you even through you know when i was a little rough around the edges when i wasn't as self-aware as i am now when i definitely yeah. wasn't as good of a leader as i am now and god was still able to produce fruit even through my like issues and my crap and like when i'm i wasn't yeah. the version of myself that i am now so what would be your message to people that maybe really feel like they're stuck in the muck that they, like you, like you said, didn't have a mentor in their life or they mm-hmm. don't know their purpose. They don't know their next step. And they just feel like they are just circling, circling, circling. How do they have the courage to start trying stuff? And what would your recommendation be of those first steps to figuring out their purpose? So from a practical perspective, I would say, don't be afraid to fail. Mm-hmm. And also don't be afraid of no. You know, the more no's you get, the closer you get to your yes. It literally takes one yes, one decision, one moment that can literally change everything. And so a lot of people get discouraged by being their authentic self because they're trying to compare themselves to what they see around them. Or they're looking for approval from people that don't even have the capacity to pull the greatness out of them. Um, And I even say that, stop giving your personal power away. Stop feeding into social media illusions. Stop feeding into unrealistic expectations, be it in a relationship, ministry, business, or whatever. And so the first step would be, be okay with you and whatever that looks or feels like, number one. Then number two, like I said, even though I'm kind of backpedaling, but don't be afraid of the no. If you do something, do it because it is your authentic desire. Yeah, I don't even now. And I'm so grateful. Like if people really knew my story too, back in the day, like the the thought of even holding a microphone used to give me anxiety. People that know me back home are like, dude, you literally stand on stages with tens of thousands of people being aired in 15 different countries when it comes to certain platforms. And, but see, I don't think about that. I'm only even saying that for the sake of this conversation, but I don't, I don't look at it like that. I look at it as, I'm doing what I'm doing because I'm passionate about it. And that passion and that authenticity releases a frequency. And that frequency then attracts like-minded people and things. And so it's easy, just like we're talking now, it's easy to have these type of conversations because there's a frequency, there's a vibe, there's an energy because it's authentic. Nobody's trying to put on, nobody's trying to do any of that. So I say that to say, Mm. whatever anybody does, do it because it makes you happy. I'm grateful when I get testimonies in my inbox or people stop me and compliment me. I'm grateful, but I promise you, I hate to say it like this, but it's, I, it, I hear it and I'm grateful, but it kind of goes in one ear and out the other. And, I, and we usually hear that in a negative connotation. Yes. But, yes. But, but what I mean by that is if you talk about me negative, one ear and out the other. If you exactly. compliment me, one ear out the other. Because I'm not doing it for the applause. I'm yep. not doing it to be seen. At the end of the day, 
I want to make God proud. In fact, because I think that's what we met at the retreat, I went back to my hotel room. And when I laid down, the first thing I said to God was, I hope I made you proud today. Mm. And I text my spiritual mother, who was a mutual friend of Real Talk, Kim and I, or my spiritual mother, Dr. Cindy Trim. And I text and I said, thank you for training me. Mm. You know, because I would not have been able to operate and fulfill my assignment if I wasn't led by God and or trained. So I say that to say for the individual, like, hey, how do I start? How do I begin? How do I overcome my fear? Do it afraid. Do it anyway. And I promise you, as you consistently do it, because consistency is key, as you consistently do it, you'll start gaining your strength. You'll start gaining your tribe. Every day when I pray, I say, God, remove people, places, and things out of my life that would hinder me. And then I pray the reverse. God, give me the people, places, and things that will assist me. Every day I pray that. Every day. And my other prayer every day, too, was God, keep me humble. Because I've been a part of ministries and things that have been buildings that were in the 22, 23 millions of dollars stuff. I've seen dynasties rise and I've seen dynasties fall with my own eyes. I've lived through it. Um, so yeah, do what you do because it's authentic to you. And whoever likes it, great. If they don't, great. You're not doing it for that. You're doing it because it's your life's purpose. And as long as God is proud, great. I'll even say this before I hush, I can run, I can keep rambling. Even if your family doesn't get it, mm-hmm. it's okay. If your mom, your dad, whomever compliments you, great. But you got to get to the point where if the people closest to me don't even understand it, don't even take it personal though. Just right. they don't understand right now. Right. You know, so I just say do it fearlessly. Don't be afraid to know and be authentic and do it because it's your passion. Passion outweighs money and everything else. Absolutely. That's so good, Levi. And I love uh, what you said about how like basically your vibe attracts your tribe. And I think that's one of the hardest mm-hmm. things to really realize, especially if you grew up in religion or legalism or whatever, because it's really yeah. easy to, and I, I, I even had an encounter about a year ago where Real Talk Kim actually really helped me get out of this. And I, I realized that I was in performance mode. I, especially in, in being a worship leader and those types of things, mm-hmm. so easy to try and, you know, to do things because you know that you'll get more stage time or you'll impress your pastor, or, you know, right. even you'll get a compliment from somebody. And so um, I think that that's so true and so consistent with the leaders that end up being in that tribe, if you will, right? Like some of the the richest, biggest hustlers in a good way, entrepreneurs, you know, authentic ministers, you, Real Talk Kim, there's just such a humility in it because it truly is not about them. And what I think is so cool is, and I've seen this in my own life, I could tell you, I think a lot of us, I could tell you my failures probably more than my successes, but I also (laughs) could tell you all the opportunities where where God tested me along the way to, Mm -hmm. to see if I would make it about me. And and it's so interesting because I, I, you know, as you're reflecting and people who are great leaders, like they just reflect too, that you'll see that consistently. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's so interesting because as God is on a pathway to to showing us our passions, you know, our purpose, what we're supposed to do in life, I think he really does test us and kind of push us into the deep end a little bit and then see what we do with it. And I think a lot of times people ask the question of like, well, God, why haven't you given me 10,000 people yet? Why haven't you given me 20,000 followers yet? They can't handle it. They can't handle it and they'll make it all about them. And so, um, yeah, I just think that that's so beautiful. And, and one message to our listeners, just 
you know, your relationship with God and keeping him first, seeking him first, he will add everything else to you. And I think if you were to interview 20 different really successful people who were walking with the Lord, they would say that the answer to a lot of these how questions are, okay, well, how's your God time? You know, how's your spirit doing? And and I think that that's just, it's so simple sometimes yet so hard. So how did you navigate that journey of, you know, being in a single parent home and operating out of lack? How did you kind of gather yourself and put one foot in front of another and keep working through those failures and keep to your future and, and even get to a place of wholeness to where you are this powerhouse. And these other people are like, what the heck Levi, like, where did the old Levi go? And who are, you now? how did you do that when you had so many odds against you? If you will, I'd love for you to tell us. Oh, man. So being completely honest, there have been plenty of times where I felt like I was about to lose my mind. And I say that because there's a constant war between what you feel and sense and see spiritually versus how you feel naturally and what you know, such as I don't have all the money. I don't have this. I don't have that. But like I said earlier, I've had to then realize if the attack on my life is so great. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be completely honest. A lot of people don't even know this. I've been molested. Mm-hmm. I've had my car repossessed. What else? You can even see my face. This side of my face is more narrow. And I always forget because I'm used to my face. But even then, I used to take pictures like this and hide my face and all these different things. Mm-hmm. And I've had a lot of things attack my character in my person and my destiny but what I then had to do is like I said I, I flipped up in my mind and, and literally it was a lot there's been days I'm like Levi I, I would say to myself I'm like Levi you're a maniac mm-hmm. you're nuts but I just kept pressing with what I felt I knew there was more for my life like food does not produce hunger mm-hmm. hunger lets you know that there's food Mm. You know what I'm saying? And I mean, essentially, you, you couldn't reverse it. But no, whether you have a certain type of food in your face or not, you're going to still have your hunger. You can go to a restaurant and hate that restaurant. That doesn't stop your hunger, though. You, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's that hunger. So I learned how to harness my hunger. So and good. what I then begin to do, because I didn't have a lot of money when I was getting started, is I said, okay, I might not be able to afford to have somebody as my coach. But I can scrape up $20 to go get their book. Mm-hmm. One of the first books I read in its entirety was Kirk Franklin's The Blueprint. Mm. And I read his book and it blessed me because, I mean, our stories are kind of similar in some way. And what took him, his book was kind of like a quick span of like 40 years of his life. Mm. And what I realized, if I read his book, that took him 40 years to even come to the comprehension of in however long it takes me to read it. I could gain 40 years worth of knowledge in two hours. And so that's what I started doing. I started reading books from people I admired. I read another book by Tyrese Gibson. He had a book about his life. Um, I even read Janet Jackson's book because I want to know what it was like to be that type of an A-list celebrity and what was your feelings yeah. on the inside, even from a female perspective. Because, of course, I'm not a woman, so I don't know the female perspective. So yeah. that's what I started doing. And the more I started doing that, light bulbs just started kicking off. And I said, here again, let me do what they did. Or let me do like this. And literally, that's what I did. Um, and, then I, and then I just started praying and seeking God as to who or what leader had my destiny. And so Dr. Cindy mm. Trim, I stumbled across her in 2015. Mm. And I signed up for her class, literally. 
her school admission was like $1,400. I literally had $2,000 to my name during that time. And I said, do I use this money or whatever? So I moved in with my brother, slept on his couch, fought back and forth about she signed up for the classes that I didn't even know existed. They had been around for 20 years at that time. And I'm like, where was I? Signed up for the class. The class was closed. Mm-hmm. I get a phone call from her office. They said, Levi, we don't know who you are. But our system was closed. There was no more enrollment. How did you enroll? I'm like, I don't know. I pushed the button. Mm-hmm. Next thing I know, just fast story, getting under her training and teaching, it just pulled destiny out of me. Mm-hmm. And then in her class, it literally attracts people from across the world. And so now literally one of my intercessor friends who covers me is from London. I got people from London and Italy covering me. And I'm just like, how did this happen? So. I'm just sharing that to say that's even how, um, to a degree, me and Pastor Kim or Real Talk Kim met. We actually featured her on the cover of the magazine I'm the editor-in-chief of as the first faith-based individual, and that's when we met. But then that December, she and I were on the panel of my spiritual mother's event, and we connected there. And then we started getting booked in different places and wanted to be in the same place, like Washington in February. And we're like, we keep being around each other by different events. Like, there's got to be something here. Mm-hmm. Um, but anywho, I think what it is, is harnessing what you sense, harnessing what you feel, then making declarations over your life as to what you want your life to be. Like I told you, I pray every day, God, remove people, places, and things, but then add people, places, and things, but then learning how to embrace those new people when they come, because the reality yeah. is they're going to be ahead of you. So you can't be intimidated by their strength. You can't be intimidated by their knowledge. And so if you're going to be the student, you have to submit to the process and realize it's not about ego. It's not about competition. Submit and learn. And then they, it's the law of invitation. They then pull you up. Yeah. Dr. Trim starts inviting me to different places. And I'm like, wow. And she's trusting me. So it's that too. If God can trust you with little, the scripture says it, he'll make you ruler over much. And so it's knowing how to pace yourself push against the fear, submit to the process, not being afraid to learn. I'm sure you know this too, talking to many different people. Your greatest leaders are those who are also still students. You've never arrived. Never. I don't care how many degrees you have, how many people you know. Keep learning. Keep submitting. Even now, this world of technology. We're all having to learn new systems. Mm. And those who are crumbling right now are those who reject the new wave versus those that said, you know what, we got to do it. So hold it. It's the question. I started going. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Y'all, can you tell that we're, we're both like preachers at heart? I'm like, okay, cool. Know, so right? 10 minutes per question. I love it. Right. <laughs> I love it. But that's, that's so wonderful too, is I think like that's exactly what it is, right? We're so full and leaders are committed to their own growth. Just like you said, that we're the kind of people who carry, you know, five books with us at all times. And we're listening to audible. And if we're walking, yeah, exactly. Right. Come on, y'all look, right. Right. I got my whole stack right here because it's like when God sparks that in you, it really is like a spark. And you know, it's just like, I don't know if you've ever felt this way. I'm sure you have. Cause I've watched you speak and minister too, but it's like, you know, I think we focus so hard on what's my purpose, what's my purpose. But when you actually start to engage your purpose, it's like that your mind shifts from being about us to being about like, my purpose is for who? Like it's, it's the yes. like, okay, great. So me becoming whole, me becoming the Megan, the Levi that I need to be is okay. Yeah. Like for me, like 
2%, but really it's because God, there are people that are hurting. There are people that are bound broke. There are people that are sick. There are people that need, you know, a skill that you can teach them these different things. And that's where life I think starts to get really fun is because, you know, we can sit down the five of us at dinner and we're just having dinner, but it's a fruitful conversation where out of the yeah. abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, where it's the cyclical effect, almost like we're sitting in a centrifuge and the Holy Spirit's going like this and we're all yes. building each other up and you walk out of there like, oh, that was refreshing. You know, like you just yeah. went to the rather than the people around you who are life sucking and who are just like, well, why do you care about that? Why are you doing Instagram lives? Why are you doing yeah. this? You know? And that's where it's so important to have a coach. And it's so important. And I honestly believe when the mentee's ready, the mentor shows up. I mean, I, yes. when, I, when I walked through my abusive relationship that I was in a couple of years ago, it was Girl Talk Kim podcast. And it was a Terry Foy podcast that literally woke me out of a slumber back to the Megan that God created me to be because it was like wow. I was asleep for a year. And, mm -hmm. and then, you know, they showed up in my life and I had always known kind of a real talk, Kim, but it was like in a moment where my deliverance happened in my bedroom as I was folding clothes. And then a mm -hmm. year later, you know, a year and a half later, she's on my podcast. Like that's God, that's how God works. But yes. we have to do what we have to do to be committed and submitted to saying, God, as long as it takes, I know the thing that you've shown me. And so I'm committed to the journey. I'm not just committed to how cool I can look on a platform, you know? Right, right, right. And, and I love what you just said too, because it goes to show that you, like you said, you can be in a slum and then somebody speaks a word and it shifts, which goes to show that everything concerning us is voice activated. And that's why. The yep. enemy tries so hard to keep our mouth shut, to keep us secluded by ourselves, because he wants you to feel like you're the only person going through what you're going through. He wants you to feel embarrassed. He wants you to have low self-esteem. But the moment you start declaring the word of the Lord over yourself, or you have people in your life that can speak life into you, it's like, oh, I am strong. I am powerful. Oh, yeah. I do have authority, you know, and, and, and it changes. I mean, just like in the Bible in Genesis, it said, let there be, and then there was, you know, there's a, there's a series of let there be statements, let there be light, let there be this, let there be light. all we have to do is harness our power and realize if I say it, it will be, if I do it, it will happen. And if you do face opposition and realize that just wasn't the person that was supposed to work with you, or that just wasn't the door for this particular time, you know? So I, my, my hope for, for everybody is that they take their personal power and learn how to harness it. Like I tell people all the time, the fact that you are alive and have breath in your body, you woke up, that means, because here's the thing, most people, when they die, it's either because purpose has been complete, mm. And, and no, and I'll leave it like that. I was going to say and or, because then you might think about, well, what about those who get killed or whatever? And that's not to condone any of that stuff. But could it be that their purpose was complete, though? Mm. Now, I, I don't want to go too far in that vein. But, but at the end of the day, God has all power. Right. Yes, he gives us the right to choose and do things and say things. But it's just my belief that if you are alive today, you still have work to do and do it. And so, and here's the flip side. Here, here, here's how I'll say that. If you choose not to do what God has called you to do, mm. then there might be something that you become receptive to 
that could potentially take you out. Like you got people who overdose on things or whatever, and they would have died. And you're like, but they were such a great talent. Because here's the thing, and I posted on my Facebook the other day, if it's God's will, it's God's bill. If you are in your purpose, he is gracing you. He's covering you. It's yes. only when you step out of his purpose that yep. you're now receptive to things yep. that can take you out of here before your time. Yep. Absolutely. But I'll just leave that at that. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, that's part two. Go, go read my books. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Love it. So I'm curious too. Um, so I was raised, we were talking right before we started recording. I was raised in a musical family, a family yeah. that embraced just different cultures and loves to just learn from other countries and races and backgrounds, all these mm -hmm. different things. So beautiful. I just like absolutely love studying other cultures and how people do what they do and why they do what Me they too. do. You know, food, fashion, all this kind of stuff. And so I'd love to hear how did you get the the bug for all things fashion, culture, all this kind of stuff that led you to even start a magazine? Yeah, so it's very interesting. So my mom, same story like you, my whole family's been in church, but from a musical perspective, a lot of them sing. My brother's a professional drummer. He's played, played for some great people. My mom, if I'm not mistaken, back in the day was either singing or about to sing background for Stevie Wonder and other people. Mm. Um, and, and there was this one night, I only remember this because I was a kid. We were in a limousine and I think she had a show at some club in New York. And the only reason I remember it because I was so mad that they wouldn't let me in because I was a kid. So mm -hmm. I'm in the limo crying like, I want my mom, I want my mom. So it was a traumatic moment for me. That's what I remember. Anywho, but it's been around my family. And, but then from a religious perspective, you're taught, you can't express yourself that way. You can't do this, you can't do that. So I watched my mom sabotage herself with a lot of her dreams for the sake of religion, although her heart was pure. Yep. people misconstrued it. And so I said to myself, I'm not doing that. I said, mm -hmm. I, you know, even with who I am as a pastor and a leader and whatever, I, for whatever reason, attract unchurched people all the time. So I said, well, I'm going to go with it. You know, I yeah. tell people I'm at a club all the time, not because I'm turning up or whatever, but there's events. So long story short, my friend Nathan Piercy is actually the, the creator of the magazine. And he asked me to be the editor-in-chief Mm. at some point and I was hesitant because I was like I got so much on my plate but I love it though because a lot of these artists like your Rihanna's Kelly Rowland's Jennifer Lopez's um Justin Timberlake for example uh one of my friends is his vocal coach and he told me he's like what well, people don't know behind the scenes that Justin asked me to pray before every show mm. he also vocal trains Rihanna and he was like, what people don't know is Rihanna asked for prayer and stuff all the time. And mm -hmm. I thought to myself, I said, God is looking for leaders such as ourselves wow. who are not afraid to go outside the four walls. And Come see, on. here's the thing. The church is only a mechanism to train us and grow us for us to then go out into the world and spread the gospel. The gospel, as we know, is the good news, the good message. And yeah. so I had to realize there was nothing wrong with me being in a, a part of an entertainment magazine with people. Now, literally, it's entertainment. You look at the covers, you'll see some women who don't have certain clothes on or bathing suits. And I mean, it's a fashion magazine. But mm -hmm. then what I do is when you come to my page, you'll get a nugget. Like I do the letter from the editor. So I'll put some empowerment there. You know, like I said, I had Real Talk Kim, Dolly McCoy, as the first faith-based people to cover the magazine 
uh, last December for our kind of Christmas issue. And so it's my way of bridging the gap between media and arts and entertainment and faith because faith has nothing to do with religion. So that's why I love to do it. And I'm telling you, I have made some great relationships Come with on. amazing people. And I love having conversations with these quote unquote celebrities. And they thank me all the time because they're like, when I'm on this TV show, I don't get a chance to show who I am. They, yeah. People on TV see the persona. They see what I have to be on a character, but they don't know before I come on set, I'm praying, I'm worshiping, I'm reading my word. Certain people text me all the time, can you please pray for me? I know people who've been on BET Sunday's Best, big stages, and people don't realize that they're just singing on the stage. That stage don't go home with them. Them lights don't go home with them. And I know some who are who leave the stage and go sleep on their manager's apartment floor. Mm. So I'm only saying all that to say, that's why I love it. Because I get to see the person behind the stage. I get to see the person behind the facade, the hair, the makeup, the suits, the clothes, the jewelry. I get to see the real person. And then with my pastoral hat, I get to intercede for them. And when I tell you, that means the freaking world to me. Mm -hmm. Like no one has to know who I'm connected to. I don't care. Mm -hmm. But for me to know that I can intercede for you while you're addressing the world, it just means a lot. So anywho, I have fun with it. It's fun. I love having the opportunity to, to grab college students or even different people in church who say, you know what, I want to be a writer and give them an opportunity to write in a magazine. Mm -hmm. um, plenty of people. It's their first time ever being in a published um, printed magazine or whatever. So I'm like, to me, I'm glad I can help you build your resume. I'm glad I can connect you with somebody. I'm glad, like everything, just like as you said, everything I do, I don't even think about me. I think about how can I open the door for mm -hmm. somebody else or how can I make the client feel as most comfortable. So I do it because I love it. I'm passionate about it. But then I also bridge the gap and I'm on a mission to show people that you can love God and still have fun and laugh and go to a concert and dance. Nothing's wrong. Like, it's okay. That doesn't mean uh -huh. go act a plum fool, but you can live, you yep. know. Come on, somebody. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I, I was raised in a, I would say, word of faith, like movement. Um, uh-huh. And super grateful for it. Like absolutely biblical foundation, rock solid, believed in the Holy Spirit, you know, was received tongues when I was like 12, that kind of a thing. Yeah, um, yeah. But it was very interesting when we, and that's a whole different story we can talk later. Um, but <laughs> right. after we exited uh, kind of that and, and were uh, looking for a church for a couple of years as a family and reevaluating and now the church that we're at, which is awesome and very vibrant and yeah. uh, full of the Holy Spirit and non-religious. It was so interesting to watch the unraveling, even in us, where we were like, oh, well, we got it. Like, we're the deal. We're the right, you know, like method <laughs> of Christianity and how God started to unravel little things of even like, I remember when my parents like had wine at dinner and we saw people at church like drinking and we were like, oh my gosh, like you're going to hell. Like literally right. we were like so, you're gonna burn. so religious <laughs> about it. And now, you know, my parents love wine at dinner and whatever, and we don't think anything of it. And it's so crazy to just watch how God has done that. And then because of the unraveling of the religious spirit, um, what it's done to heal certain aspects of our family and just different things. Mm -hmm. So I'd love for you to speak for a second 
on what that looks like in culture. And specifically, you know, there, I don't know if you've heard of like the whole seven mountains teaching of like seven mountains of influence um, of like, yes. And I'm going to tell you this, there's actually 12, but that's another conversation. But yes. Cool. Cool. Yeah. 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 So, um, so I just think that that's so fascinating and, and so awesome, but so many people are trapped who subscribe to Christianity because they, you know, maybe you were raised Catholic or maybe you're raised in a, a different sect of Christianity where truly just no one's ever shown you how to live. So I'd love for you to speak to the difference between maybe religion and what we call faith and actually having a relationship with the Lord and, and those differences. Absolutely. So everything to me is rooted in authenticity. We already know, like in the book of Jeremiah, God says, I know you, I've called you, I've formed you. He knew everything about us. And so what I think people need to understand is when you have a call on your life, God has already calculated your good days and your bad days. The Bible literally says that they're numbered. But to that end, embrace it all. Don't be afraid if you make a mistake or whatever. But one thing I'm not afraid of is literally, I'll never forget the other day, I was at Applebee's because I used to wait tables at Applebee's years ago and I still got friends that are there, so I'll stop by. And I happened to go and my grandmother was there with my other thing. I was like, what a coincidence. And my grandmother looked at me for a minute because I didn't sit with them. I went to the bar. And they're like, you're going to the bar? I said, it's a seat. <laughs> Why can't I go to the bar? Yeah. I'm not going over there to do anything but have conversation, which is where I always sit. I'm saying that to say, when you're not afraid to go where other people won't go, mm-hmm. it breaks the walls of religion. And it's like, oh, he's a nice guy. Like most people don't even know I'm a pastor or whatever because I don't usually start out with that. Like you right. figure it out over time. Um, Real Talk Kim didn't know I was a pastor when we first met. When I asked her to do the magazine, she literally just thought she was going to do a magazine and I never told her anything. But we kept talking and everybody's just kind of looking like, something about you something going you know and then eventually it came out but my point is i'm relational with people if they're drinking or smoking cool i'll pass you an ashtray you need an ashtray you good you need some ice what do you need let me embrace you one thing i tell people too is ask people about their heart before you ask something for the from their hand come on please like like be there how are you doing are you okay and if you're having a bad day Cool. When I tell you, I have people who tell me all their business, and sometimes I'm like, I don't know why they tell me that. But I don't do it from a judgmental thing. There's nothing anybody can tell me that would throw me right. off. I have people that I know who are gay, lesbian. Uh, I don't think I know nobody in no trans stuff, but I don't know. But mm-hmm. I, I have a whole walk of people, and I embrace them. Right. I love them. And then they look at me and say, how are you able to love me like that? You're not right. afraid of, of that? And I'm like, no. And I never push my Christianity or belief on them. I just be a good person. And then eventually they come around and say, okay, so what do you do? What, how, do you, how are you able to do this? And I'm like, I'm just being me. i never forget my ex. This is years ago. Uh, I was with her family. And she texted me. She goes, do you know what you just did? I'm like, what are you talking about? She said, you're having a conversation with my family about religion and faith. And she said that they never talk about that stuff. But the reason why was I never forced it upon them. Right. I just be me. I am a living, talking scripture. I am a living, talking person. And so to that end with the question, I just keep being me. And I also sense, and, and what people have to do is pray for discernment. I sense people. I can kind of tell 
when they're receptive, when they're not, when their guards up, when it's right. not. And I just flow with it, you right. know. But again, I allow people to invite me into their space. I don't yeah. take that because it's invasive. When people are ready, they will invite you in to talk about your faith, your beliefs, or yeah. whatever. But we have to remain relational and realize God is not yeah. a God of religion. He is a God of relationship. And in a relationship, you're going to have mood swings. You're going to get emotional. You're going to have good days. You're going to have bad days. I'm going to like you today. Can't stand you tomorrow, but I love mm -hmm. you anyhow. That's a relationship. And also realize that within relationships, you grow. Even when I'm doing marriage counseling, I tell people, the person you are at 25 is not who you will be at 30. It's not who you will be at 45. So are you willing to commit to the covenant of this thing mm -hmm. versus the emotion and the beauty and the euphoria of it? You're committing to the, the agenda, not, not the, what do I want to say? Not the, I don't know, facade of what it is. So when we say we're Christians, we look at Christianity as our life strategy. The Bible is our life manual. We, we got to stop looking at it as a religious thing that our grandparents and our forefathers did. And here's the thing, and that's not to disrespect them. People did what they had to do during their time. We have to realize this is now our time. And we are called by God to create the world we want to see yeah. and express him in a different way per this culture. Still keep the foundation and the tenets of who he is. But just be relational, have fun and chill. And, and, and here's the last part with that. There will be some people that are like, well, I don't, I don't know about him. I don't know about Megan. She crazy. I don't know. <laughs> That's fine. You're yeah. not called to them. If you don't get it, then that just means you're not my tribe. So like we said, yep. your vibe yep. will pull your tribe. Like, yes, I'm not called to you. And that's okay. There's plenty of leaders. Go yeah. find somebody else. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. So, yeah. well, and it's and it's like the Bible says too, like it says about some plant, some water, but God gives the increase, you know? Exactly. And so it's like, we can't be so caught up in our ego that we think that we have to be the one who gets to see the manifestation of every seed that we plant, you know? Right. Cause that, that way you're acting like you're God. You're not God. That's why he's God. Your job is to plant. Mine is to water. God will increase. That's the issue. Folks are trying to increase. You, you ain't got no increase in power. Right. right. <laughs> that's God's Absolutely. job. Absolutely. And I love what you said, um, to sum that up. I love what you said, um, that it's authenticity over agenda, if you will. Yes. And I think that the religious spirit always has an agenda and will always try and entangle people into a workspace mentality as opposed yeah. to, you know, living in grace and understanding that it's not just like, okay, do whatever you want and slap the grace word over it. But also it's like, we can't just keep denying that we're going to make mistakes and that, yeah, yeah, guess what? Even Christians screw up like a Absolutely. lot, you know? And I just, I think that's what's so beautiful about um, what you're doing and real talk Kim and, you know, all of our mutual mentors in our, in our life is like, that's why they've had such success. Cause I think people are just mm -hmm. tired. People are really tired with the BS. People are really tired with Christian BS and they can smell it yeah. a mile away. And it, it's, you know, it's not producing fruit and it's just so funny. I always liken it to this, but there's so many things that go on in the church that would never fly anywhere else in terms of like, if you are right. in the business world and somebody is not making money and they're a terrible boss and they treat you like crap and they say one thing and do another, but you're just going to like, that wouldn't work, right? Like exactly. you'd be fired or you'd be fired or you'd quit your job or you'd go figure out something else. But for yeah. some reason 
we have, you know, a lot of people, unfortunately, who have been so hurt by the church and by religion, because it's this dogma of like, you know, stand up, sit down, fight, 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 pay your tithe, check it in, check it off. And it's hurting people, you know? And so thank you for saying that because I, I know like for so many of the ladies that I get to mentor and coach and who listen to this podcast, um, I can't tell you how many cool conversations we've been able to have and hearts that have been able to be open because exactly what you said, it's like, mm-hmm. duh, we're wired for community and relationships. So why, yes. don't, why don't we lead with that? Like, just try it people. I promise it'll work. Exactly. Exactly. Like it's supposed to be a beautiful thing. Right. We all need each other. We can learn from each other. We grow together. And I just love moments of that. Even if I like, even if I'm the one who's speaking at an event or whatever, I don't enter it like that. I look at it as today I'm doing my part. Mm. And then tomorrow you might be on the stage and I come support you. Like yep. it's because again, different seasons and moments are for certain things. And we all bring our own story, our own revelation to the table and we all have value. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, yeah. And that's my prayer overall. Like you said, whether it be in ministry or business, is that we can all learn to just come together and grow because we all have value and bring right. something to the table. It's not even about age. I can't tell you how many people I mentor who are older than me. Mm. Way older than me. And I, I was joking with one last night because we were working on some stuff together. And she was like, you're like my young father. <laughs> and she was like, how in the world are you your age and able to say this and do this? And I'm like, because it has nothing to do with that it has to do with spiritual understanding but then the reality is with her being a mother and and have been married and whatever well you can talk to me about that because i've never been married Mm -hmm. so it doesn't mean that just because i might have more knowledge in one area that you can't talk to me no it's an interchange and if we can learn how to flow like that as people Mm. man we would be so amazing Mm. god like yeah yeah. so you know yeah and that goes back to humility too. You know, I, I, I think even as we're coaching people, like it's fun to learn from the people that we're coaching because there'll be little nuggets that they say. And, right. and I, I was on a call with somebody last week who was 12 years old and she's a pageant girl <laughs> and she's profound. And I was like, do you realize what just came out of your mouth? And she's like, what? And I was like, I was like, I'm writing that down. Like, that's amazing. Yeah. You know? And being able to be a cheerleader for others is, is so awesome. But one thing that you said um, that we'll kind of end on, because we could talk forever, um, is about that spiritual development and kind of hearing from God that you said. And I got to watch you prophesy over quite a few people, actually, and, and speak words into people's lives. And I think um, prophecy sometimes can freak people out or they think it's yeah, one yeah, thing, yeah. but it's actually another. But why don't you describe that a little bit for us and maybe share, um, obviously, not, don't share specifics or anything, but just um, how prophecy has worked in your life and what it's been able mm-hmm. to do to edify and encourage others. And if you can share a story at all, feel free. But if it's, yeah, yeah I understand. Another great question. I love these types of questions. Yeah, because so let's just break a working definition. Prophecy is the foretelling, it's a foreknowledge. And, not, and a lot of people actually have the gift of prophecy and they don't even realize it. There's tons yep. of people that go, something told me, yep. or I had this intuition, yep. or I had this thing. But again, depending on your culture and your background and upbringing, you'll, you'll, you'll articulate it in a different manner than it was God or the spirit of prophecy. Yep. Um, and while we're even saying that, there's twofold. There's the office of the prophet. And then of course, there's the, the spirit of prophecy. And so what that means is 
you can have the spirit of a prophet and when a prophet's in the room you could tap into like like i call the 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 wi-fi and tap in and begin to prophesy or if you're the prophet wherever you go you could do it here's my point it's almost like a cloud though and what people have to do is be open to it and a lot of times when i prophesy i don't have a spooky feeling Mm. it's a thought just comes but i guess we as humans because we're so analytical and we're so we'll just say that we then try to process it like well, where'd that thought come from yeah you know but it's nothing to be afraid of look at it as like your invisible coach mm. just like you'll get a coach to help you see what you can't see well that's what the holy spirit does with the gift of prophecy and the office of being a prophet it's like your invisible coat that gives you an intuition and a discernment you know the other thing about it too when you really start delving into it like when i'm prophesying to people all i'm doing is literally reading the encryption of their dna mm. you know and a lot of times we don't look at prophecy as prophecy that's so obvious. So like prime example, I can look at you right now and see that you're in a good headspace, you're alert, you're aware mm-hmm. or whatever. Now, someone could just sit here and say, oh, he's just reading my face, but that's part of it. Mm-hmm. Th- th- there's levels to it. Mm-hmm. Just like you can look at somebody and be like, something's off. Yeah. Or, yeah. you know, it's just like you can even walk in a room and feel tension. And it's like a saying that goes, man, the tension's so thick in the room, we could cut it. Yep. How did you know that though? Right. You didn't see nothing. Yep. They didn't talk to you. Yep. That's you being empathic and feeling. And so just for basic working knowledge for those listening, it's it's a feeling, but then it's not a feeling, but we'll just say it's a feeling. Um we I would say it because it's a whole teaching on it, because because what happens is though, when I say it's not a feeling is that doesn't mean you have to always go off of what you feel. Right. Because God can get, can give you an unction mm-hmm. and then you'll think, ooh, I feel like I need to say it. That's not always for you to say. Right. It just means God showed you. And so when he shows you, the main thing I do first is pray. God, am I supposed to pray for this individual? Mm-hmm. Am I supposed to go up to them and say something? Am I supposed to tell somebody else? Because for example, if you're in a church, if you're not the leader of the church or the person in, who's in order, that is not your job to go say or do. Just like I think you were there at the retreat when I prayed for, uh, I think it was Lamont. Yeah. And I, and I didn't, that just came, I, that was so not planned. And mm-hmm. I looked at Pastor Kim and I said, do I have your permission? And she mm-hmm. said, go. That's mm-hmm. order. That's protocol. So that's Amen. a whole nother teaching. But yeah. prophecy is a great thing. It's nothing to be afraid of. It's one of the gifts that God has given us as his children. But we just have to learn how to operate in it. And you have a lot of people who take it and use it for witchcraft and things of that sort. And that's not how that's supposed to be used. It's, yeah. and, and it's supposed to edify. It's yep. supposed to uplift. That doesn't mean that there won't be words of rebuke, but that comes with a, a, a certain ranking as well. Okay. But at the end of the day, it's to edify. And for those who might be wondering, how do I know? If you ever feel led to go give somebody a compliment, do it. Yep. If you ever feel led to go give somebody a hug, do it. Mm-hmm. Because that's God just using you as a conduit to talk to somebody. And you don't even realize you're operating in the realm of prophecy yeah. because your hug can prophesy your smile can prophesy your you know this podcast can prophesy i'm quite mm-hmm. certain just like you said you heard real talk kim's podcast when you were going through a moment someone's going to listen to this and say oh my god megan's podcast just spoke to me and come unleashed on. the power on the inside of me come on 
you know? And so like even now, not necessarily even trying to prophesy, but I can look at you and see where you're going and see how God has, has chosen you to be a voice to those who don't have a voice and mm. operate as, as a conduit to pull greatness out of other people. You know, God, like, it's not by chance that we're just having this conversation or whoever else you invite. There was something that pulled you to me, to whomever else or whatever. That's the spirit of prophecy working. It's the Holy Spirit working to even where if you have something that you're sensing, well, let me go call him to get the articulation if I don't know or whomever. All of that is yep. how it works. But yep. we don't see it. We think it's just whatever. You know, so prophecy is a frequency. It's an it's a energy. Um, it's a download. And of course, in the Bible, uh, you can study and do things like that. But um, that's kind of, I don't know how much time we have. So I don't know if I'm yeah, talking yeah. too much. <laughs> no, that's fantastic. Thank you so much. And thank you for that word. I received that. Um, yeah, yeah. And for everybody listening, that's why it just baffles my mind when people are like, oh my gosh, Christianity's boring. You know, it's boring to be a Christian. You're limited. You're this, you're that. Um, no, religiosity is and legalism is. And it's right. life sucking and it's boring and you should run away from that crap because it's horrible and it'll suck you dry faster than yeah. an empty let cup. Let me say so, this real quick. Yeah. To your point about that, where do we get our personalities from? Come on. You, you know what I'm saying? So so there's a reason people are like, oh, I want to have fun. Oh, I want to do something. That's because yeah. God wired you that way. So yes. why would God wire you that way and right. then tell you not to do that? That doesn't Come make on. sense. Come on. That's like God gave us eyes now says close them. Don't look nowhere. That doesn't make sense. I gave it to you for you to use. Now, do you need to learn context and protocol and so time good. and place? Sure. So but God gave it to you to use. So why would he make you a joyous, happy, go-getting, innovative, creative person and then say, don't sing? Come or on. Don't do that's not, that doesn't make sense. That doesn't make sense. That's religion. And it's, it's, it's time for that to be over. And I believe even in this moment too, not trying to prophesy again, but God is raising up a new generation of leaders such as yourself, myself, even with Pastor Kim. She tells her story all the time about how she didn't really get started till later in life, but she got started right when the earth needed her voice. Come on. That's why you can't look at stuff and be like, well, God, I've been sitting here for 20 years. When are you going to use me? No, he's training you so that way when it's your time, your experiences, the, 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 the relationships, the heartache, the pain, you had to go through that because now you can speak to it. You wouldn't, you wouldn't be passionate about it if yep. you didn't go through it. That's another pain point, prayer point, purpose yep. point. Yep. All of that birthed the greatest manifestation of who you are. And as you're helping people, they're going to then come back to you and be like, wow, because Megan said this to me. Now I've become this. Like, we're all conduits to help each other. And we got to do it authentically, passionately, fearlessly, and all of that. But it's a beautiful thing. God is fun. Yes. <laughs> It is. And it's supposed to be a life, you know, life more abundantly. And I just, I, that's my hope through this podcast and, and everything, everyone that I get to interview and, and just these kinds of conversations is because if people only knew, you know, so many, I was just listening to a, another prophet right before this. Um, that I'll tell you about after, cause she's awesome. Ooh. I sent it to, to Kim this morning and, uh, she's just a rock star. She has like fiery blonde hair, like Kim does. And it's just so amazing. Anyways, we'll talk oh, about wow. that later. Um, and she was just talking about too, just the, the fire and the power and she's actually Celtic. And so she was like, find your inner Celtic warrior, you know, like sometimes <laughs> she talks about even like letting out a shout and the power of like, just, uh, you know, like it, it, exerting that energy and showing you yourself, like 
the Holy Spirit is not weak on the inside of you. God is not, not, you know, he, angels are not these weak little cherubs that are just like strumming a little harp around. Like we are a fortified human being that literally has the same power that raised Jesus from the dead living on the inside. Absolutely. And if we would just get a taste of 1% of that, unfortunately, you know, what she was talking about too, is she said that she saw in the spirit one day for people who are not Christians listening to this, you know what, just take it, whatever y'all all go to like crazy tarot cards and all that kind of crap. So there's a real version. That's the, that's the exactly. so God created the OG of all this kind of stuff. And it's way more powerful and not creepy. <laughs> so anyway, she was talking about how she saw in the spirit one day. And she said that she started bawling because an angel was showing her. She like sees angel. That's like her thing. Anyways, I'll tell you about it later. Um, yeah, yeah. But an angel was walking with her and she saw it in an open vision. And she said um, that she was grieved because she, uh, the angel was showing her how churches were not allowing the power of God and the Holy Spirit to come in. And she said that this is so interesting. I'd never heard this. She said she was raised with, um, she's a fourth generation pastor. And mm. it was, she said she was raised with father, son, and Holy scriptures not Holy Spirit. Wow. I, was like, I literally was like, like oh my. I was like, yo, I'm stealing that. And I was like, funny, wow. Yeah, I was going to say what's funny is because I told you I'm in this, this training right now as well. And today's topic is talking about understanding the church or the purpose of the church. And my spiritual mother was just talking mm. about how when the Holy Spirit is not in the church, then you have just created a, a place that recalls the former things. But you have to have the active working presence of God so he can download to you what he's saying yes. now. Just like the Bible, it's the living word. That's Come why you on, or else there's no today. Life. Yeah, you can read the scripture today and it means one thing. It means another thing in another season because it's alive, it's Come moving, on. it's breathing. And so you have to engage God. So a church that does not have the Holy Spirit there is just a building and an educational institution. But the church, God's church, is supposed to be a hub for miracles, signs, wonders, prophecy, yeah. healing, understanding, capacity building, and all of that. But his Holy Spirit has to be invited. And a lot of people are afraid of it. Yeah. But it's nothing to be afraid of. It's supposed to rebuke you. It's yeah. supposed to correct you. It's supposed to ha- hold you to a greater standard. It's supposed to hold you accountable. But it's going to also make you laugh. It'll make you cry. Mm-hmm. It'll give you joy. Again, like at the retreat, I'm reminded of night one. After Pastor Kim got done preaching and I was closing out the service, I was looking in the audience and I'm like, and I could feel it. There was such an energy. I'm like, y'all want to run. Y'all want to jump. So why won't you? But what it is, is you have that feeling. But then it's like, well, should I? I don't yep. know. I'm yep. like, look. So my job is to say that feeling, let it out. Do yeah. that. And yep. so many people came to me afterwards and said, oh, my God, I've never run like that in the church before. Yep. I've never did this before. And whatever. Yep. That's what it's supposed to do. Get right. you out of your comfort zone and pull greatness out of you so you can be who you're called designed to be. So I love it, y'all. All y'all listening, the Holy Spirit, God, church, Christianity, the way God intended it, it's a great thing. God is not <laughs> boring. This is fun. come on absolutely and and i just prophesy this over people that are listening but if you if you've been struggling with anxiety and fear and depression or 
mental illness. Like these are some of the keys to your freedom. You know, yeah. walking with the Lord is, I, I like could cry right now because I'm so passionate about this. And I walked through a season of my life um, with severe anxiety. So for everybody listening who might be struggling with that, I don't think you can quite understand what that's like until you've walked through it. I think it's made fun of a lot. It's put down by even Christians a lot where they're like, oh, you're just being disobedient, right? Or you're just being Mm -hmm. something. No, like it's, it's crippling. And, but God has given you dominion over that. And sometimes you have to do something different, you know, to get a different result. Sometimes you got to scream into a pillow and belly laugh. You got to go watch funny videos on YouTube. You got to run around your apartment. You got to dance. You got to lay on the floor. You got to twirl around like you were that little girl (laughs) a new dress, right? Sometimes you need to fist bump and listen to some, you know, house music, whatever it is, like God wants to set you free and he's created you with the pathway to freedom. But we have to be in tune enough with the personhood and the relationship of God, which is why it's not religion to be able to hear that still small voice, right? That something telling yeah. me that answer. And and chances are he's he's whispered that several times, but he's a gentleman and he's not just going to break your door not yes. hold up a sign and say, here's the answer to anxiety. It's why it's called partnership, right? That's why it's right. so beautiful is because when we submit to that and it's obedience, it God, you know, it, we're like, wow, I chose this and God loves me so much that he gave me the answer, but he waited until I was ready to make that decision and partner with him so that I can now go be a free person so that I can yes. hear what my passion is, what my purpose is, you know, all that kind of stuff. That's funny. Now that I think about it, did I pray for you at the retreat? Um, yes, you did. And I just crossed my mind. Like, I think I prayed for you because when you said anxiety or whatever, because like, because when I prayed for you, and it like makes sense now. It was almost like my prayer, and I don't even know if I said it, but internally was that God would just continue to guard you and cover you as he continues mm. to elevate you in where you're going. So that way things from the past and all that wouldn't try to come back. Because of course, as you go to a new realm, I hate this saying new level, new devil. I can't right. stand it. But, right. but of course, as you go to a new realm, there's more attacks. We'll say it like that. Yeah. But that just came back to my mind. So it's like, yeah, like, you got the goods. You got yeah. the goods. <laughs> That's so awesome. No, I love that. I like forgot about that too. So I'm super glad that you said that. That's yeah. Like when you said that, it triggered us. Like, did I? Because it was almost like I saw you bubbling and I saw you going and I saw and I was like, yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's wow. funny. That's so funny. So for everybody listening, and since we have this on video too, for those of you guys listening, we just answered the question. Okay. So what is prophecy? That was prophecy. Okay. That was the Holy Spirit bringing something up to Levi's mind that he Mm -hmm. previously forgot. Right. And the Holy Spirit came through and he said, Hey, like Megan needs to know this in this moment. And that's edification also for Levi. And that's God Mm -hmm. in the back being like, Hey bro, you really heard from God. Good job. Yeah, right? yeah. Ego thing. It's not, you know, would I, I have been fine if I would have never heard that again? Yeah, but it's confirmation and realignment, which is so cool. As you guys are feeling off in life, if you're having days that look more like roller coasters and mm-hmm. you know, craziness, then guess what? The Holy Spirit is to align you. Prophecy is to align you. It's edification, encouragement, and comfort to build up your spirit and say, hey, that, you've been wondering if you should be an artist or if you should go to college. God's going to realign you and tell you yes. so the, the voice of God who created you and knew you and his mother's, you know, before you were created in your mother's womb, he knew you, he had a plan for your life. Duh. Doesn't it make sense to want to hear from God, the very guy, right, right. the entirety of the plan is and is outside of time. Like, but for some reason we make it so freaking weird where it's like, why does it have to be weird? Like, don't you want answers? Like you go to other mm-hmm. things for answers. So why don't you go to the one who has the answer? Not that. Exactly. Period. 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 
it. Well, Levi, I'd love for you to just end this podcast with anything else you want to say. Um, if it's a prayer, if it's just, you know, words of wisdom, if it's anything Absolutely. else, just be led. And we'd love to have you close us out. Cool beans. Well, I'll just pray because I feel to do that anyway. So the fact that you asked, see, that was prophecy again. Because I felt it, you asked it. Boom. So, Father, we just thank you for this podcast. We thank you for this moment. I think the life of, of Megan, I thank you that she's doing this and, and allowing uh, and giving her strength to do this podcast to empower people, encourage people, and inspire people to be their best selves. So, Father, I just decree and declare that all those that are listening, that wherever they are, they're in their car, their home, or in bed, wherever, that they will begin to feel your joy. They'll begin to feel your strength. They'll begin to get their power and authority back to be the men and the women that you called and designed them to be, Father. I come against the spirit of distraction and mm -hmm. self-sabotaging thoughts that would cause them to feel like they're just another person and they don't have a voice and they don't have an opinion and they don't have power. But no, I awaken the greatness on the inside of them. I awaken the powerhouse that's been lying dormant on the inside of them. So I call forth the next author. I call forth the next businessman, the next businesswoman. I call forth the entrepreneur. I call forth the psalmist. I call forth the mm -hmm. writer. I call forth the chef. I call forth the next leader uh, who will listen to this to rise up and take their rightful place. And I decree and declare that as you put your pen to the paper or as you go back to school or as you go back to your ministry or as you go back to your job, that you will not be afraid to operate in your complete authentic self. And I pray that as you begin to operate in your authentic self, that God will surround you with the like-minded people, places, and things to guard you and protect you, but then to keep you edified and keep a, a, a zeal of joy surrounding you. So Father, we just thank you that you've even chosen us to be in this day and age to do what you've called us to do. You could have pick anybody in the world but you saw fit to pick us to choose us despite our inadequacies despite our shortcomings despite our deliberate sins despite our deliberate mishaps despite all of our insecurities you saw fit to find treasure in the midst of chaos to find beauty in the midst of brokenness to find joy in the midst of sorrow and so father i just decree and declare that these your people will be courageous they will be fearless they will be confident they will be bold and there will be the powerhouse you called them to be unapologetically and i decree and declare that any finances that they need to underwrite yes. their business or their book or their ministry that you will send finances from the north the south the east and the west you will send sponsorships you will send partnerships where people will say you know what i love the vision that megan has i love the vision that the listeners have. How can I partner with you to take this to the next level? How can I assist you? How can I be a part of your tribe? And so, Father, we just thank you in advance for the new relationships, the new partnerships, the newness that you are going to bring. And, Father, make us open, ready, and receptive to receive the newness that will come. Thank you for stretching our capacity. Thank you for stretching our hearts. Thank you for stretching our minds so we can receive these downloads and these relationships and continue to be who you've called us to be. And in conclusion, Father, whatever's not mentioned on our behalf, you know the secret thoughts, you know the secret yes. pains, you know the private struggles. I ask that you make intercession on behalf of these, your people. Let them know that everything they've gone through is working for their good. Like Romans 8, 28 says, all things are working for my good. So Father, let them know the pain is only to produce purpose. The trial is only to produce a testimony. The mess is only to produce a message. Father, help them find that message and release it the way you would have them release it to change the world around them. We decree it, we declare it, we believe it, we receive it, and it cannot be otherwise. In Jesus' name, amen.
Amen. Thank you so much, Levi. For everybody listening, you guys can go to leviharrell.com. I will put all of his stuff in the show notes. Um, You can look him up on Instagram and all the social media um, stuff out there. Y'all know how that is. And also, uh, as you saw that he's so good at decreeing and declaring, that's another book of his. (laughs) He has a book called Rule by Decree, Protocols for Strategic Declarations. There you go. So you guys can uh, get all that at his website. Thank you so much, Levi, for just bringing the power today. No problem. uh, Thank you for having me. You're amazing. Thank you. Thank you. And with that, we'll see you all next week. Well, thanks so much for listening to this episode of season two of the Powerhouse Podcast. I'm Coach Megan. As always, you can follow me at Megan underscore Swanson. You can DM us to join our email list. You can follow us at Powerhouse Pageantry or at the Powerhouse Project. And I'm so excited to get to continue to pour into your life spiritually, physically, financially, emotionally, mentally, and relationally. Wow, that's a mouthful. In this beautiful year of 2020, never forget your worth, stand up for what you believe in, and allow your spirit to stand up on the inside of you to show you who you really are. Have a great day.